Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on YouTube and Facebook to hold the sixth Supergirl Radio Awards. And what that means is we're going to be picking and selecting winners for each of our categories that we have. And if you're in the live chat room, uh, the, uh, you know, the... The usual uh, Supergirl Radio live and wired chat. You can feel free to make some picks along with us. Uh, but before we get to our, our formal affair uh, for this live stream, uh, we need to get to the news. According to supermanhomepage.com, HBO Max is adapting Brian Michael Bendis and Ryan Sook's run on the comic book title Legion of Superheroes as an anim- adult animated series. Uh, Bendis reported the news via his own newsletter saying HBO Max has put me to work on a Legion of Superheroes TV show. At the moment, it's being developed as an adult animated show. Can you tell I'm jumping up and down about this? I've been working on it for a while, and last week I was sent to the next phase. I know Legion news can be infrequent. So many (laughs) diehard Legion fans follow me. uh, So I asked special permission to update you, uh, all of you, on this project in development. Uh, Bendis also confirmed that the animated series will be based on his comic book run on the title. The writer did tell fans not to expect the series to premiere anytime soon, with animation projects taking quite some time to come to fruition. Yeah, so we'll have to keep our mm. eyes on this because Supergirl is a Legionnaire and has a longstanding history with the Legion of Superheroes. So uh, I'm wondering if we'll get a Supergirl in this we, uh, Legion. We could indeed get a Supergirl on this one. And it's a, it's adult. It's an adult <laughs> animation series. Do you think Supergirl's going to cuss? <laughs> uh, possibly. If it's if it's in the same vein as uh, the Harley Quinn show, I imagine. <laughs> then I, I don't know there that. There probably would be some. I don't know that there's any way that she wouldn't then. <laughs> Although in the, the Legion of Superheroes, they already have their own uh, swear terminology like Sprock. That's, that's 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 true. Their, that's their big f bomb. So I, I imagine <laughs> there'll be a lot of sprocks. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's so good. But even if we don't get Supergirl, there's probably going to be some Brainiac Five. There's probably going to be some Saturn Girl. There, I imagine there'll be some Monel. So we'll have to keep our eye out on that. It probably, if it does uh, go into production, it uh, like the article said, or, or his newsletter said, it probably will be a while because animation does take time, but. 
uh, keep that on your radar. Interesting and stuff. And on our good friend HBO Max. Yes, we love well. HBO Max. We we're love big, HBO Max. So many we're, things on there. <laughs> we're big fans of HBO Max. Uh, so that'll just be another thing to add to uh, the queue. Is that what they call it? I don't think they have a term on HBO Max. Is, is it, it a list? I think it might just be like my list. Okay. <laughs> Which isn't as fun to say. No, Q is a lot more fun as a Jazz word. that up, HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do have some CW news, even uh, even though Supergirl is no longer on the CW. <laughs> we, we thought we might cover this as well. Still a friend of the show. <laughs> a friend of the show, the CW. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the CW is up for sale. The broadcast network home to shows like Batwoman and Walker is being shopped by its corporate owners, Viacom, CBS and Warner Media. Multiple sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter. The Wall Street Journal, which first reported the news, says that the local TV giant Nexstar, never heard of it, okay. but apparently it's a TV it's giant. A giant. <laughs> is among the potential suitors. Nexstar, which owns 199 local TV stations, as well as the cable channel News Nation and The Hill, is one of the largest owners of the CW stations. It isn't immediately clear whether Viacom, CBS, and Warner Media plan to sell the entire network or retain minority stakes. News of the possible sale arrives as the network, a joint venture between CBS and Warner Media, have never been profitable since its formation in 2006. That's, That's a long uh, time not to be profitable. That's, uh, what, 16 years? Uh, <laughs> when the two companies merged the former UPN and the WB network. Much of the revenue that is generated from the young, younger skewing network is generated from international and streaming sales for such scripted originals as The Flash and Dynasty. The CW previously had a long-standing output deal with Netflix that helped series like Riverdale and All American reach broader audiences and ultimately grow on linear. That pact ended in 2019 as Warner Brothers TV and CBS Studios shifted library deals to their respective streamers, HBO Max and Paramount+. Also impacting the profit margins on originals is the fact that foreign sales have almost entirely ended on CBS Studios and Warner's look to as, as as CBS Studios and Warner's look to retain those rights for their respective streamers. The end of the Netflix output deal and loss of revenue from foreign sales created a larger concern for the studios that previously generated revenue not from linear but from Netflix and international sales. The CW under CEO Mark Pedowitz, who ranks as the longest tenured broadcast topper which is a weird, uh, what a, what broadcast. a way to say that. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you could just say like the head of the network, I guess, but broadcast <laughs> topper also will do. Uh, targets viewers 18 to 34 and offers originals for free on its website and the CWC. The network was originally designed to feature programming supplied 50-50 by Warner's and CBS Studios. Thanks in part to the success of Greg Berlanti's DC Comics universe of shows, including Superman and Lois, Batwoman, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, among others, <laughs> Warner's <laughs> has been the, the primary supplier of the content on the network. CBS Studios supplies scripted fare, including Dynasty, TV's lowest rating, uh, rated original, and Charmed, <laughs> while other originals that are not based on either DC or CBS IP are co-productions between both studios. In a memo to staff uh, uh, 
well, I, it, in the article, in the doc, it says in a memo to staff Thursday, but we're going to just say in a memo to the staff, because I can't remember when this article was written. Kenowitz uh, <laughs> confirmed that the network is on the block, adding that it is, quote, too early to speculate what might happen, unquote. Uh, he also goes on to say, first, as many of you are aware of the past year or so, this transformative time in our industry has led to a series of business activity across media and content companies. content companies. Given that environment right now, Viacom, CBS, and Warner Brothers are exploring strategic opportunities to optimize the value of their joint venture in the CW network. So what does this mean for us right now? It means we must continue to do what we do best, make the CW as successful and vibrant as we always have done, which doesn't sound like uh, very well. Uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us with more original programming than ever. The season's expansion to Saturday night, our growing digital and streaming platforms, and we thrive when we come together and build the CW together, unquote. Multiple industry insiders have speculated in recent years that Viacom CBS could divest its stake in the CW as its output on the network declined. News that Warner Media ahead of its Discovery takeover would look to sell its stake or become a passive partner in the CW would be a surprise given how much the network, the changing, the Channing Dungey-led studio programs, which I don't know that I fully sure. understand that last <laughs> sentence. Uh, but that is uh, the article and uh, the uh, kind of boring stuff that goes along with it. But I thought a we would of, cover A lot it. of technical uh, how the sausage gets made. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> media conglomerate stuff. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, uh, there are only like 10 media companies now that exist. And so they all kind of own the CW. Yeah. Uh, but none of them really want to claim it as their child's. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody cares about the poor CW. I like that they were like, they're like successful shows like Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow. And I can't think of the Flash and none other, no other one. <laughs> and no other ones. That's, that's, that's it. That's hurtful. <laughs> Supergirl used to be your CBS. <laughs> Although you could argue that the CW may have uh, hampered Supergirl's success uh, because her viewership was much higher on CBS. Uh, no, the CW hampered her success because she was much more uh, uh, viewed on CBS. Uh, yeah. th so that is an argument that could be made if you so wanted to make it. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on what happens with the CW. I don't know if that, how that's going to affect the Arrowverse moving forward. It sounds like maybe they could just, if something happened to the CW, they could just shift their shows over to HBO Max. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, know. honestly, it's not super surprising. I felt like a couple of, uh, a couple of the shows that end it, not Supergirl, but a couple <laughs> of the other ones that were like, end it. And I was like, oh, they're, that's ending already. It feels like, um when that streaming deal with Netflix uh, expired, they really only wanted to produce content that they were going to put on HBO max. Like they didn't, they're like, Oh, why are we doing all this stuff? And we can't even put it on, you know, on HBO. So I do wonder if like that, that was kind of the way things were moving anyway with the DC content. I, so Supergirl felt like it ended because uh, Melissa Benoist was like, I don't know. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being on wires. Uh, I'd like to do something else, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, it's interesting. Supergirl is still on Netflix. So uh, I don't know when, if ever, that will ever see a shift, if she will ever go to um, HBO Max to join her other DC uh, 
companions over, <laughs> over there on uh, on the <laughs> wonderful HBO Max uh, that everyone should be subscribed to. HBO Max <laughs> <laughs> has all the DC content that you could want, except for Supergirl. So uh, that yeah, is because Superman and Lois are over there. I, I've been thinking about uh, catching up on Superman and Lois, being current, seeing what's going on with my girl Lana Lang, uh, <laughs> what she's been wearing lately. I, I think about that sometimes. Uh, so, and I noticed because I was on HBO Max the other day, I was like, oh, Superman and Lois, like the whole thing is here. But yeah, but no, to your point, no Supergirl is on there. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eye what on that. What becomes of Supergirl? <laughs> Where does she go from Where here? <laughs> she becomes an know. orphan, a CW orphan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, we will keep our eye on the CW uh, to figure out what's going to happen with that. Say All a right. little prayer for Legends. Just, <laughs> just think yeah. of Legends, please. <laughs> <laughs> what could happen? Could they just like cancel the network and Legends is over without a, a cl- I, closing I, chapter? That would that would be bad. I, I almost wonder if like if they sell is there any possibility that they like sell it and then they just move all the DC stuff over to HBO Max? There probably has to be there's probably deals in place that say that that's not allowed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they can change anything with the sale. I don't know. That's a really good question. There's a there's a, I have a lot of questions about this. There's a lot deal. of like how the sausage gets made yeah. questions here. <laughs> Just move everything to HBO Max, please, and make it more convenient for Just, us. You weren't making a profit on these anyway. You yeah. might as well have them on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew that they like the advertising revenue was probably not keeping them afloat in any way, given like viewers and like and that, but the fact that they like never had a profit and all of their basically they were making all their money on selling things to streaming that, that wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that tough. makes sense. I mean, that goes all the way back to to the OG to Smallville, so uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Oh my god, do you, I, I, the uh, the merger of WB and UPN just like brought me way back though. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I remember I was so mad because they canceled Everwood. And oh, they, yeah. they were like, we'll have more Seventh Heaven. Goodbye, Everwood. And I was like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is crazy. Well, we'll we'll see what happens to the CW. So uh, yeah, I guess just keep watching as long as uh, the shows are on the CW. Keep watching them. All right. Well, speaking of shows, uh, let's give out some awards for the show that we talk about, uh, which is Supergirl still streaming on Netflix. (laughs) So you can uh, actually go watch season six if you so desire. Uh, But we're going to have some categories here and we're going to pick our selections. And while we do that, feel feel, feel free to drop yours in the comment section in the live chat so that we can see them. All right, so the first one we are going to hand out is favorite episode. That is the first category that we are going to select. So Morgan, what was your favorite episode of season six? This is a tough one um, because there's actually a couple that get into that realm. But like, you you got to pick one, though. Do I give it to Kara because it was about Kara mm. in the was last it? 10 minutes there at the yeah. end? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> do I give it to one of the beginning episodes because of Jason Bear keeping it so tight? Do yeah. I <laughs> do I give it? Uh, there are a couple of like the prom, the prom, uh, the prom. duology, yeah, if you will, <laughs> prom and prom again. <laughs> Even more prom. Uh, <laughs> even <great>. promer. <laughs> even prom. <laughs> this time it's prom again. <laughs> prom Prom's back with the vengeance. Um, those are great episodes. Uh, I really struggled with this one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, there were a lot of things about season six that weren't so great. But what was great? Uh, Lena sniffing a branch. A giant cat. <laughs> thrown off by laser vision a dragon <laughs> why sure uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna give it to uh i believe it was was it mixy in the middle mixy in the middle it, i'm gonna give it to mixy in the middle we also got mixy in that episode it felt like an episode um of a different season of a more fun season than the season that we were currently in <laughs> and sure as you're watching it you might think What's going on in this episode? Nothing makes sense. Why are we at Lilith Fair? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just live in the moment. Why are you we only... in the opening titles of Charm? <laughs> yeah, turns out we only have this episode. Uh, <laughs> we only have one night, una noche. We've got to live while we can. <laughs> and so that is why I give it to Mixie in the middle. That's really interesting because my choice for favorite episode was also Mixie in the Middle. Yes! <laughs> I, I also, it was, it was the episode I think I, I like genuinely enjoyed the most because Mixie had that whole uh, I Will Survive parody that he did to give the backstory of Nixie, uh, uh, Nixley. And um, there's, there's some really good drama because Nia confesses to Supergirl that she's responsible for bringing Nixley um, uh, out of the dream realm. And uh, to your point, Lena goes on the hunt for uh, information about her biological mother, Elizabeth Walsh. And there is a kryptonite dragon and a giant cat. And it was bonkers. And it was tons <laughs> of fun. And I actually, that was an episode of the season that I actually really enjoyed. So I'm going to give it to Mixie in the middle. So let's see if we have any uh, picks in the chat. Uh, Leslie says, I like the episode with the giant cat. So there's another uh, selection <laughs> nice. for Mixie in the middle. Uh, let's see. Mind the Gap says, welcome back, Kara. Just because it was about car, at least I remember. Yeah, there were there were some good yeah, moments. Yeah, there were some good welcome back car moments there. Uh, let's see if we have uh, Donna says. If I had to pick just one, I give it to prom again. So the uh, the prom and the prom sequel uh, <laughs> get get a nod there. All right, I think uh, those are some of the picks that we've gotten in the chat. So the next category we're going to go to is best episode. Now this. We oh. have to we have to separate oh. out because okay. favorite episode may not be the best episode and the best episode may not be your favorite episode. So that, that is can be a, a good difference. point. That is a good point. Um this is a tough one. Again. Uh, <laughs> this is a really tough one. <laughs> this is perhaps one might argue the toughest one. Uh, <laughs> I have two contenders for this one. Um, my first contender for this one is prom again. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I felt like they they got some good stuff set up. I felt like Kara had some nice heroic moments in that one. Uh, I like going back to Midvale, and I felt like it actually did tie into stuff from earlier in the show's run. Uh, and then my other one, just for in terms of like the show deciding to do something that is like a little bit different and like a little bit outside of its uh, usual comfort zone was the one, uh, I believe it was night, not, mm. are you thinking of fear not with the fear? Fear not. Yes. That's, that's what I'm thinking of where they all have to like, um, you know, uh, deal with their, um, their traumas. Uh, I went, do I wish that episode was, I don't know, more about Supergirl. Yes, I do. Uh, because <laughs> it wasn't. And it is Supergirl. Uh, but I thought that the show was at least trying something different. Uh, and it can be kind of n- not not even to, to s- be critical of it. But like a lot of shows, it can be kind of formulaic. It kind of does what it does. And like the show structure it- itself is kind of what it is. And that this episode, they kind of got out of their comfort zone and did something different. So I think I'm going to give it to prom again, just because I liked how it sort of tied to some of the earlier stuff and how it was good character building for Kara, even though it was little Kara, I felt like, uh, I felt like she actually had an arc in those two episodes and she, uh, she came to some decisions about her future that were, was just about her and not about like 20 other characters. (laughs) (laughs) That is a solid choice. I've, I'm going to pick, and, and I also picked an episode from uh, kind of the beginning of the season. Um, I'm going to give best episode to Lost Souls. I really Ooh. like the Phantom Zone elements of that episode. It, it was kind of what I was hoping that all of the episodes in the Phantom Zone would be like, but <laughs> uh, not all of them were like this. I, I thought there were some good father-daughter dynamics between Kara and Zor- Zor-El. Uh, there was some stuff about, you know, Supergirl and Zor-El and Nixley. Uh, they find the Phantom Zone anchor and they try to escape through the mirror. Nixley tries to get Kara to leave Zorel behind. She tries to be like, hey, you can, you know, ditch your dad. And Kara realizes who Nixley really is. Nixley really shows her her true colors. And Kara is not a big fan of it. And they end up um, destroying the Phantom Zone mirror because Supergirl has to make the decision that she would rather uh, protect Earth from Nixley than go home. Uh, so I thought that was a really good uh, moment there for Supergirl. So I, I'm going to give a best episode to Lost Souls. All right, let's see in the chat. Uh, let's see. Donna says best episode, Fear Not or Welcome Back, Kara. Uh, let's see. Leslie says the last 20 seconds of Fear Not, maybe. So I, you know, I guess <laughs> if you wanted to just pick 20 seconds, you probably could. Uh, Mind the Gap says uh, Blind Spots. Maybe it could have been uh, better written, but it had some solid performances. Yeah. It's a good choice. Uh, Let's see. Aaron, I think this is uh, with uh, Best Episode. I think Blind Blind Spots was the most moving for me, but I like the episode where everyone uh, got courage and they fight a lizard in the museum. A classic. Uh, Let's see. Which one was that? I have it in my notes somewhere. We were in the uh, the totem area of the, the season at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think that so is the gauntlet. The gauntlet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think let's uh, maybe move on now that we've picked our, our favorite and best episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we're, we don't have a worst episode per se no. in the category no. uh, choices here, but we do have an episode that maybe <laughs> could have been better. Uh, so we're going to put it like that. So Morgan, which episode of season six do you think maybe just, you know, it just could have been better. Could have been better. I, you know what? Gosh darn it. They tried. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that there were a lot of contenders for this one <laughs> for me personally, <laughs> but there were. Um, and so as usual, because I, um, I'm bad at picking, uh, I'm very indecisive. So I'm going to give you my top two, and then I'm going to pick sort of in real time. <laughs> yeah, you have to pick it. You which, pick one, one. which one? Uh, so, my, <laughs> so my top two, uh, A Few Good Women. So that's the second episode of the season, uh, which includes Lex Luthor's trial. And I don't remember anything else that happens in that episode. <laughs> Because the trial blotted it out of my mind, like a sort of like a full eclipse situation where maybe something good happened. I don't know. Lex trial. Uh, it was it was quite bad. And then uh, then my second uh, my, my other one that's in contention right now is Hope for Tomorrow, uh, oh, yeah. which is where she throws the hope totem. Into the sun, just into the sun. <laughs> just directly uh, into the sun. She, her whole thing is hope, but in the critical moment, she was like, "Into the sun, you go." Um, <laughs> that one was confusing on like a a variety of levels. <laughs> um, it's really hard to describe. And so, so I've got these two where one is like has a really bad thing in it, and then. The rest of it is so unmemorable that I don't <laughs> even recall what happens. The other one where it's like every aspect of it is kind of bad. And so yeah. I feel like I have to go with the one where it's just sort of bad all the way through. I, maybe there was something great besides that Lex trial. I don't know. I don't remember it. Uh, so, uh, so I'm going to go with hope for tomorrow. I feel like if your main character's main thing is hope and you have them throw it into the sun, like quite literally into the sun. There should be you, some you don't need of, it. Even if you're uh, that should be a choice that you're making on like a grand character level that you need to address. The <laughs> next episode can't just be like, all right, guys, pot stickers. Uh, <laughs> there needs to be some repercussions. And it turns out there really weren't. Uh, they had another hope totem after that. So yeah, fun. sure. It regenerates. So don't even worry about yeah, it. So no, it's it totally cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't decide how I wanted to approach this because you could approach it two ways. You could approach it with what was kind of the worst episode or what was an episode that was nearly a good episode. Mm. So oh, that's a good one. So if I was going to say like worst episode, I would say hope for tomorrow because that's the maddest I've ever been at the show. <laughs> but I think for the second approach where it was like, just inching towards actually being a good episode. I think I might give this one to Fear Not because ah. it, it had a couple of things in there I think they could have tweaked to where it would have been a really solid, great episode of Supergirl. And it just, there were things that were keeping me from thinking it was a good episode because parts of it were kind of confusing. I didn't understand some of the things that were going on. And uh, I think that if they had made a few slight changes to it, it could have been a really great episode. So my choice for episode that could have been better 
I think I'm going to give it to Fear Not. I like that we both had like different interpretations of the actual category mm-hmm. itself. Well, we didn't really have rules. Of, no, of there are no about that's, that's the thing. <laughs> there are no rules here. This is the Thunderdome <laughs> of award shows. Uh, that's what we like to say. We didn't so, really have any like qualifications. We didn't really, we didn't really like get together and huddle on this before. <laughs> As you can tell, uh, we wanted to come in fresh. No, I, I, I do think that's like a good way of looking at it, though. And I agree, actually, because I that was in one of my contentions for like one of the best episodes. But I didn't pick it ultimately because I feel like there were some things missing. And I remember when we talked about it, it was like this was almost really good. And then some stuff you know, in the, in the structure and in the writing kind of let it down. But I did like, yeah, I like that they were playing with the, with what an episode of Supergirl looks like. Yeah. They almost got it. They, they were so close. They so were so close. close. All right. Let's see if anybody in the chat has some, uh, options here. Let's see. Um, Oh, uh, Nicole uh, mentions that instead of a weakness, we have to say an area of opportunity in academia. So, the, so yes. fear not, fear not had an area of opportunity, and they didn't capitalize on yes. it, in my opinion. So that's that's what I would say. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to uh, maybe we should put in the chat like uh, dictating the different categories because it's kind of hard. Uh, I think some of the comments are blending together a little. I, bit. <laughs> I see from Miss a Fiction Fanatic, the second episode of season two was not good. That would uh, have been uh, a few good women. Yeah, that 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 was a uh, very nearly my choice. Yes. Um, Leslie says a few good women uh, with for the farce of a trial, blind spots, and the last gauntlet for areas of opportunity. <laughs> uh, CM Gutierrez says worst episode, a few good women. Best part was Lena strut into the courtroom. I mean, that was a saving grace. Of That's that a great strut. And then very shortly, it was going to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I think Donna might be saying Kara as the an area of opportunity episode, which I would actually agree with, given uh, the way that Rebecca looked at this category in yeah. that I, I want it more for it. <laughs> I think there are things that could have made Kara a lot better. Uh, let's see. Miss Fiction Fanatic says uh, Blind Spot was probably my least favorite. I know what they were going for, but it felt like they made all the characters uh, act out of character out of character to make Kelly look better. Uh, let's see. Donna says oh. blind oh. spots was the maddest I've ever been. So, uh, <laughs> so, so there's another option there. And Aaron said, which one was the one where she destroyed all the nukes? Uh, let's see. I wrote that down. Let's see. Where that, was that? That was in your handy guide that you. Yes, I did <laughs> so make a guide provided. All for me. The, uh, I need it. I needed that guide. Let me tell you uh, a lot see. of these I'm episodes gonna, blend it for me. I'm going to do a, a fine. I believe this. that that might have been. I want to say maybe it was hope for tomorrow. I think it's hope for tomorrow. Because she also says that she's forbidden from interfering in human history in that one. And I was like, since when, girl? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was hope for tomorrow. Uh, Okay. Well, good choices in the chat. Thank you for sharing them. Uh, The next episode category we're going to get to is... uh, underrated episode so uh morgan which episode of season six do you think is underrated that people are just not giving it enough credit for people are just not talking enough about that episode (laughs) Uh, (laughs) where's the chatter um so i feel like i maybe have hmm 
This one's a tough one um, because I feel like some of them that were sort of my runners up for like good episodes are kind of pretty well covered. Like people aren't sort of sleeping on those episodes. (laughs) Uh, So I would say either welcome back Kara um, because Kellex, uh, we got to see Kellex and then he became an adorable climate change monster. Um, Zorel tried to fix climate change, but then a bunch of people told him like, it's chill. Stop stressing out about it. And he was like, cool, I guess I'll just go see my wife. I forgot to tell I was alive. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it was, it was actually an episode that was about, that felt mostly about Kara. Mm-hmm. It was also about climate change for some reason, but it was mostly <laughs> about, it was mostly about Kara. And, uh, and I thought that there was some good stuff with her, like PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, she got to sort of go through and like discuss her trauma. She, there was a good Danvers sisters couch scene. Uh, so for me, it's either that one or it is a nightmare in national city because oh, I really like solid choice. Yeah. I really liked the dreamer aspect of it. And I, I I've talked about this a little bit in, in like the season six stuff, but I feel like out of everybody dreamer got a storyline that actually made sense as kind of a character arc. And so getting to see her really address stuff with her mom, go into like the dream realm, um, have that, those convert hard conversations with Maeve again. Um, and decide to forgive, forgive Maeve, but not forget. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, and stand up for herself and be like, Hey, it's not cool. Would I have preferred if they were going to have a forgiveness storyline that Maeve not try to like, you know, betray her again? Yes. Yeah. As they're going through the episode. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I think that that would have been more impactful. Uh, <laughs> not a choice I would have made, but I thought it was a, a, a great, episode for her character and and the whole season actually built up to it so i'm mm-hmm. gonna go uh i just talked myself into that one so i'm gonna go with, <laughs> with nightmare in national city yeah solid cho- radar solid choice um i think i am gonna go with phantom menaces Ooh. uh good i thought there was some good exploration into alex's sadness and grief over not being able to save Kara. i liked the introduction and backstory of nixley uh, I thought the the Supergirl Nixley stuff in that episode is actually really good because Supergirl bonds with Nixley and encourages Nixley um, because Nixley's kind of down on herself. There's also some good drama of McGon almost being turned into a phantom, uh, so it's kind of scary for <laughs> McGon for a little bit. Uh, it's one That's of the, right. the it's one of the last times we see McGon, <laughs> so so you got to hold on to that. There's also never some, forget, never forget. We don't, we still don't know where McGon is. Uh, actually, we do. She's in the painting. She's in the mural. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's Dorian graying it up there in that, <laughs> in that, on Esme's wall. <laughs> and uh, that episode actually also had some Lena and Brainy versus Lex. Uh, there's uh, oh, a really good right. scene of them debating on whether or not to kill Lex and Brainy dealing with his hatred of Lex. So there's some really good stuff uh, from Jesse in that episode. And I thought Fan- uh, Phantom Menaces actually did a pretty good job of balancing the Phantom Zone story and the Earth Phantom story. So uh, I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about Phantom Menaces, but I think it's it's a pretty underrated episode in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think that one was good. And honestly, I had kind of forgotten about it, but I did like some of the stuff that they had going on in those episode in that episode. And it kind of felt like, all right, like after the first two were like a little bit like rocky, uh, some good, some bad. It was like, okay, I think like this phantom storyline and the 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 phantom zone stuff is gonna really like ramp up. I remember thinking that to myself and be like, all right, all right, the first two, a little bit good, a little bit bad, but this one, I think we're just it's it's gonna from here on out to the sky. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember, I was I was so much younger then. <laughs> that was such a long time ago. Actually, it, it actually was a legitimately very long time ago. <laughs> like when when did that even air? Oh, uh, let's let's look that up because I'm actually curious now uh, because I, I I don't even remember when when season six premiered. Um, but it feels like a long time ago. Because I remember the uh, the hiatus with no end. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I think that was during the time I was in Hawaii, which would have been it was April. Because it, it came back right after like or during my honeymoon from the hiatus. So it had been hiatusing around until August. So, yeah, Phantom Menaces aired uh, April 13th, 2021. Oh, my God. So, yeah. quite some time ago. <laughs> Such a long time ago. Uh, let's see. What are they saying in the chat about underrated episodes? Uh, Jen says, car is better than people think. Uh, CM Gutierrez 74 says, uh, I believe in a thing called love. Uh, let's see. Mind the Gap says, welcome back, Kara, because by then people who maybe dropped uh, the show definitely didn't watch. It could have been a season premiere. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron says, welcome back, Kara. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of people are saying welcome back, Kara, for underrated yeah. episodes. So that's really interesting. Donna agrees with you, though. She said Phantom Menaces. Um, that's the one where they go looking for the Phantom next. Great uh, homage to Aliens, which I don't remember... Uh, is that the one where? No, that's not the one where uh, Lena sees like that. I thought, Le yeah, Lena, I thought that Lena was in Fear Not. The, right? uh, yeah, that's that's in. Uh, yeah, Fear whatever is it? Fear Not. Yes, I think. I think that's the episode. Uh, that is that's the one where um, Lena has the Ripley homage. Uh, so yeah, that would be that episode. Let me make sure. For some reason, Fear Not seemed weird when I said it, but it is. Fear <laughs> I not. think I think that's right, though. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be the one with the alien homage, unless there was another alien homage. Maybe uh, there are multiple. Maybe. What if this whole season was an alien homage <laughs> and we didn't realize it? It was mostly Harry Potter. But maybe they could work in <laughs> Oh, I, 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 yeah, I know what Donna's talking about. Uh, the Phantom Menace is where Alex goes uh, to the alien nest. Oh, okay. So, Let's see, multiple. is is that the? No, uh, I think that's maybe Lost Souls. Is that? Are, are you talking about the uh, alien nest when they have to go save everybody from being turned into phantoms? I think that's Lost oh, Souls. Oh, I think that was lost souls yeah but i so, could not tell you yeah that, <laughs> that may be lost souls 
All right. So good choices for underrated episodes. So that ends all of our episode categories. I wish I had a, a like a clapping sound effect or like a drum roll. I should have made a drum roll sound effect. Um, like the golf clap. <laughs> so now we are going to get into our acting categories. Uh, so the first one we are going to start with is best actress. So Morgan, who do you think among the cast uh, gave the real, you know, just the best performance in season six? You know what? The actresses were, they were given it their all this season. Did they always have the grace material? <laughs> no. Did their <laughs> material make sense all the time? Also, no. <laughs> um, it's it's really tough to choose a best actress because, like, do you go with Cara, um, Melissa Benoist, even though Cara didn't have, like, a, con a coherent character journey in this one? Even that was hard work that she had to do. Do you go for Ozzy Tesfai? Cause she had like a couple of really good episodes and she got to really bring Kelly guardian to life. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you go with Nicole Maines? Because her character actually did have a good arc this season uh, and she did a great job with it. Do you go with Katie McGraw? Because she had to sell that suddenly her character was a witch. Um, she may have had the hardest job. <laughs> Arguably, she did. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a really tough decision. I mean, I think Kyler Lee also did a great job this season with uh with everything that she had and Alex was doing. It's really it's this was I think one of the toughest ones that I've had to decide because I'm still kind of undecided. Um, but it is the last season, uh, and it is kind of her show. So I'm gonna give it to <laughs> Melissa Benoist. Um. She, I thought that she really sold the um, the Phantom Zone stuff in the beginning of the season, even though it wasn't like particularly like targeted at like character development. It turns out like they just sort of brought it in little bit at a time, and I thought that especially in like the the last bits of the season, there were sometimes it wasn't coherent, and I was like, why is she throwing that into the sun? <laughs> uh, but I always believed that like Melissa Benoist was. Supergirl like I yeah. I never lost that I never lost Kara in the insanity of the story and boy there was a lot happening in that story that season so I mean uh, I think all these ladies though uh, had a lot to sell um, and not all of it sensical so uh, hats off yeah, but if they can sell it, that uh, that ma that makes them better actresses. <laughs> yes. uh, so yeah, Melissa Benoist always a solid choice. I am going to give it to Peter Sargent. Uh, nice, who played Nixley. I think uh, she was somebody that I wanted to always see in the episode. I was always interested in what Nixley was doing. I thought she made some really. Uh, clever character choices uh, as she developed the character when uh, kind of towards the end, like Nixley would not sit, you know, sit like a normal person. She'd be like kind of laying down with her legs in the air. She'd be like doing some kind of weird pose on a, a desk or something. <laughs> she, she made interesting impish choices uh, that were sort of, uh, she took what uh, Thomas Lennon did and sort of amped it up a little bit. And so I always thought that she did a great job of playing the impish, uh, the quirky impish side, but also the really dangerous villainous side. And then she took a turn there towards the end when she got a little protective of Esme and she showed some compassion. And she was actually able to trick Kara there a little bit in the Phantom Zone playing the, 
you know, what was me? My dad threw me in the phantom zone card. Uh, so, so I think um, for me, I would say uh, Peter Sargent for this one. All right. Who are they talking about in the chat? Uh, let's see. Got a lot of chatter here. A lot of choices. <laughs> Uh, Mick Rips uh, 67 says Katie McGrath. Mind the Gap says Melissa Benoist. Uh, Leslie says Peter Sargent. Uh, Aaron says Don't Make Me Choose. As part, <laughs> it's part of the awards. You gotta, you, you gotta hand out an award to somebody. Uh, CM Gutierrez 74 says Melissa Benoist. Uh, Donna says, uh, Mila Jones, little Esme. That's a good choice. She's uh, great. Uh, Anna says, uh, Melissa or Katie. Jen says Kyler Lee. Uh, Miss Fiction Fanatic says, I think Katie <laughs> McGrath deserves an award for getting through the tree sniffing scene with a straight face. Indeed, she does. Yeah, she really, <laughs> she really uh, went for it there. Uh, let's see. Uh, and also Miss Fiction Fanatic says the actress who played Nixley was really good, especially that scene where she was talking about the snow leopards. Yeah, Nixley had a lot of emotional roller coasters during the season uh even to the point where she uh, had to fall in love with lex Luthor and <laughs> had to sell that so yeah the, she did a great job i really liked her as a villain i thought she got a little undercut at the end of the season but it was not due to the performance i thought that the performance was strong throughout yeah the writing didn't do her justice by the end but she sold everything that she was supposed to so good choices everyone all right so we're gonna go move on to best actor so morgan who do you think in the season six cast was really selling it with their performance this season so yeah this is a good one so the the field is actually narrower than best actress because yeah. there were only i think three male like full-time cast members this season i think, I think so david harewood jesse rath and Stas nair i think were the I guess I, I mean, guess you could include John Cryer if you want. I was about to, to say I, you could you could include John Cryer. This is um, kind of an open category. It doesn't, I guess, necessarily of, have to be recurring cast members. So just kind of go with go with what you what you think. I'm gonna give it to Jesse Rath. I I was briefly like maybe David Harewood, but then I thought like what what did John really do this season? And I I thought and I thought and I thought. Uh, much like John does at People, but I, I didn't come up with much of anything. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, because uh, uh, because John is one of my favorites, uh, and just didn't have a lot going on this season. But uh, but Brainy actually did have a lot going on this season. He had like a lot of um, feelings, a lot of big feelings that he had to uh, figure out how to deal with um, because he wasn't like repressing anymore. Um, he had a love affair with vegetables, um, and junk food. Um, so really both sides there. <laughs> uh, and I thought that he had like a lot of, uh, a, a lot of nice scenes with other cast members, a lot of nice stuff with Katie McGraw, a lot of nice stuff with, um, with Nicole Maines. And, uh, and I, and I really liked his, um, he even had some nice stuff with uh with Ozzy Tesfai, I think, in Blind Spots. So I thought that he he gave like a good performance, um, even though some of the stuff at the end of the season, when I thought his performance when he realizes he has to go back to uh, become one with the big brain, um, and and that sort of almost brainia sort of breakup scene. Uh, in the one episode that was like immediately undone, uh, was really <laughs> was really powerful and made me really sad. Um, and then you know, in the finale, it was just like LOLJK. But I thought, 
<laughs> Jesse Rath really did sell me on everything that Brainy was going through. So I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, Brainy did go through a lot, especially at the beginning when he was uh, trying to get Supergirl back. And he had a great time. Uh, I think Jesse... And speaking of Jesse, the actor had a, seemed to have a great time in the Midvale episodes where he joined the the Glee Club and the baseball team. So he, he got to play a lot of different sides of Brainy in season six. So I think I'm going to go with Jesse Rath as well. So who are people picking in the chat? It looks like a lot of love for uh, Jesse Rath. CM Gutierrez 74 says Jesse Rath. Uh, Jen says David Harewood. Uh, Leslie says Jesse Rath. Uh, Donna says they gave Jesse the most material this season. Miss Fiction Fanatic says David and Jesse. Uh, Mind the Gap Santa John Cryer. Lex is a villain. We're not supposed to like him, so he did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't like uh, Lex Luthor in season six, job well done <laughs> for uh, John Cryer. Uh, Aaron says I'd give it to Jesse for the tablet destroying scene alone. And uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if anybody else has any different answers. Um, yeah. So it looks like a lot of Jesse Rath in the chat. So he he almost swept the chat. A uh, couple of different answers there, but a lot of love for Jesse Rath for I, that. I category. do see a uh, Miss Fiction fanatic says it's hard to choose since they were not given much to work with. But Stas did a good job being angry at a TV, which I agree. <laughs> Yeah, you so know, angry. I think I think Stas Nair did a really good job there at the end, right before he died. So I'll I'll give him that. It's what a, is Bunsen up to? It's a rare Bunsen sighting. So rare Bunsen like, sighting. I felt like we should uh, we should celebrate and appreciate. Yeah, yeah he we, doesn't, can, we, he can doesn't, take, uh, we can take a time he's out. He's not going on 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 our schedule or or looking <laughs> at the camera in any way, <laughs> in a traditional way. I keep trying to to get him on camera. He doesn't really want it though. But he'll he'll look. <laughs> and of course he knocked over my ring light so we're just gonna switch over to rebecca for just a quick second yes <laughs> i will um i will uh take flew too close to the sun there with bunsen <laughs> it is a rare bunsen sighting so nice to see bunsen uh joining us bunsen of the lab cats uh bunsen and beaker are always a welcome sight on the live stream you never know what you're gonna get with the lab cats when they show up uh so we will uh get back to the Supergirl Radio Awards when Morgan is ready. <laughs> and uh, we're back. Okay, so it looks like Morgan's good to go. And we're back. It's almost like the ring light didn't fall because of Bonson. <laughs> <laughs> Still precarious, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to move on from the acting category to now just picking our favorite character of season six. So Morgan, do you have a character that stuck out to you as a, being a real standout character in season six that you just really enjoyed uh, seeing? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I love everybody because of like loving the show for so long. But all of the character arcs were kind of all over the place. <laughs> so it is hard to choose my favorite character for this season. Um, because I don't, like my usual go-tos, Kara mm. and Lena, I don't feel like they had especially fantastic seasons <laughs> this season. Um, neither did John. Um, so I think I'm going to go... 
sort of out of left field for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of the boardroom and the ballroom. I'm gonna <laughs> give it I'm gonna give it to Nia. I think oh, she okay. actually had a fantastic season this season. I think it was nice to see her sort of deal with uh, the thing that we always joke about around about with her that her powers are nebulous and could be anything. <laughs> and uh, the fact that the show used that as her plot line, I thought was kind of brilliant because it was like, <laughs> oh, you've been complaining because she can do whatever. Well, she also doesn't know what she can do. <laughs> How about that? And I was like, oh. Okay, tell me more. Uh, <laughs> and I like that she got some closure with some of um, some of the story storylines that were dangling for her. Honestly, that's a champ move right there because not many people get closure on storylines that are dangling <laughs> yeah. on Supergirl, the television show. And so, for that, I command her. <laughs> yeah, she had a whole... Uh, uh... Her storyline ran the gamut. She had a whole storyline with Brainy and the love story there. Uh, she got to reconnect with her sister Maeve. She, her, she got to spend uh, 24 hours with her her dead mother. Yeah. So uh, lots going on for Nia. She and got to go back into the past. She, she went back uh, in time. Yeah, to she was like a major yeah, major driver in the um, in the prom and prom again. Uh, episodes. Uh, <laughs> look who's proming too, uh, if you will. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it was. Uh, it was like in many ways, Cara and Lena are my favorites on the show. But in when I'm looking at just season six, I think she had overall one of the strongest seasons uh, as one of the characters. Yeah, that's a solid choice. Uh, for me, I. I think a lot of these choices are gonna uh, be around Nixley because uh, I know Nixley that's a good for, choice too. Nixley for me was just a, a character I didn't think I would like because I was like, well, it sounds like Nixley was like in a comic book, like <laughs> didn't have much history behind uh, the character. And I was like, I don't know about this character. But then she showed up and I was like, okay. This is this is pretty good. I like this actress. I've seen her before in some stuff. I think she's pretty good. And the character was pretty interesting. So I think uh, for season six, the character I most enjoyed following was Nixley. Uh, so that's who I would pick for this category. All right. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. A lot of a lot of chatter in this category. Let's see. Uh, Mind the Gap says uh, Stas had a thankless job. No one was watching this show for William. That uh, is, you know what? Sadly. He made me believe that he loved baking, and that's he a really thing. did. Um, because they threw that character attribute at him. Talk about last minute. They were like, "Listen, nothing else we were doing with this character has been working. What if you're really into baking?" And he was like, "Got it." And I believed that he was really into baking. And they stuck to that until he was until killed. the very end. <laughs> I also believe that he believed he had a girlfriend named Mary in Canada. <laughs> she also was a baker. Yeah, that's how yes. they met. That's and that's how real she was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. I see. Oh. Uh, oh, Donna says uh, Esme is her, was her favorite of season six with the runner-up of Nixley. Yeah, and uh, Cool Softness ninety four says Supergirl. Uh, Mick Rips sixty seven said Lena Luther. Uh, let's see. Mind the gap says favorite character Kara for whatever that means. <laughs> uh, let's see. Leslie says, I wanted to enjoy seeing more Supergirl and Kara and the Danvers sisters. Uh, CM Gutierrez 74 says Alina Luther. 
Uh, Nicole says Esme was my own personal yellow sun grenade every time she was on screen. That's a great way <laughs> to put that. It really is. She was uh, Esme really stole the show in season in season six. She she made that last run of episodes uh, a lot more tolerable. <laughs> Jen says Lena. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron says Nia did have a great art arc. She learned about this uh, year. Uh, learned a lot in season six and reconnected with family and this fiction fanatic says Esme. Uh, so yeah, so a lot of good choices in there. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot of people picked Esme in that category. <laughs> solid, solid choice. All right. So the next uh, category that we're going to get into is favorite guest star. So uh, Morgan, who, who, do, who do you think uh, was uh, your favorite guest star? And guest star is like, a uh, character who who just popped in for a little just bit and kind of time uh, time. and and left because you know uh, he was never going to see us again in his lifetime. Uh, so, so. <laughs> not once, not once again in this life. Ah, <laughs> uh, soapmon positive. He really <laughs> he really won that breakup. Is the thing <laughs> with that line? He was like, "And I've won goodbye." <laughs> And that's not something you can say all the time. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Um, yeah, there are a lot of, I didn't realize until I saw your the list you kind of put together, just how many guest stars there were this season. And, and like how many good guest stars we had like Helen Slater popped up to shoot an owl or whatever. Um, like we had young Cara, young Alex, uh, young Cat Grant, and then actual Cat Grant. <laughs> actual uh, Cat Grant. We had Monel, who would never see us again in this life. We had <laughs> we had both Luthers, Lillian and Lex. Um, we had Megan. She's still stuck in that mural, but she was there for a while. <laughs> uh, and we obviously we had Makad uh, Brooks. We had Win, uh, whose actor's name Jeremy Jordan. I remembered and I never forgot. Um, <laughs> so, so I feel like there were so, there's like a there's like the right answer and then there's my answer. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give you both. The right okay. answer is is Calista Flockhart. Is okay. Kat Grant. So all right. So is the right answer like the best guest star? The right answer is like what I, what I know my answer should be oh, as, okay. a, as a Supergirl oh, fan. Okay. As okay. a fan of this show. Yeah. The right answer is Cat Grant. It was great Correct. to see Calista back. Yeah. My answer is absolutely Jason Bear. Uh, <laughs> keeping it so tight he looked amazing he, tr he listen he tried to solve the climate crisis no one cared and he just left he was uh, really close he was close he, he just created a garbage monster accidentally a garbage monster and who among us has not done that from time to time i mean we, we're getting a little judgy on jason Bear. he he wore the like the the super suit um, he did. Looks he great. Wore, he wore the heck out of that thing. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of fond memories for, of him from Roswell, uh, but also of him from Supergirl. Because again, he looks so great. Like I would think <laughs> that no time passed. And so, and so, even though, listen, do I think that they wrote Zorel fantastically? No. Did I expect that there was going to be more of like an emotional reunion between father and daughter? Yes. Was there? No. <laughs> but that none of that was Jason Bear's fault. He tried no. his best. He did. He looked great while doing it. 100%. And so, and so for that, 
I give it to Jason Bear. That's a that's a solid choice, and I would have been disappointed if you had not picked Jason Bear. <laughs> Could you imagine if I if I let this just pass me by this opportunity to celebrate Jason Bear as he should be? <laughs> He's gonna yeah. get a restraining order from me, by the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, uh, the right answer is Callista Flockhart. So, uh, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the choice I would pick for this category. Cause, uh, when she showed back up at the end, cause I didn't think it was possible because once we got young CJ Grant, I was like, oh, I guess that's the only cat grant that we're going to get in season six. So yeah, I kind of, I, too. I kind of gave up hope that we might actually see Callista in the final season. So when she popped up, uh, there in the, uh, the, the last episode, I was very excited and she, she came back on like she had never left, which was delightful. And she played all of her scenes, uh, kind of green screen on the phone for the most part. So, uh, she, she had to do a lot of that without actually being, being, uh, on the set. It looked like, so, uh, Callista did a great job and I was really glad to see that they actually got Kat Grant back for, uh, the final season of the show. Uh, so uh, Morgan, what are people saying in the chat? Uh, it looks like Donna says Callista Flockhart. Um, Aaron asks, is John Cryer a guest star? I mean, technically, if you want to put him in that category, you can, I think that's fair. That's your own, your own awards, uh, selection uh, there. Nick Rips 67 says Callista Flockhart. We've got another uh, Miss Fiction Fanatic says Cat Grant. Uh, CM Gutierrez goes in a different direction. She says her favorite, <laughs> her favorite guest star is the guy who died because the city council lady wanted a sandwich. R.I.P. And I, you know what? He sold that. Could you imagine being that actor? And it's like, okay. And then you just got to slump over. <laughs> He's like, wait, I'm sorry. Because she wants that sandwich, <laughs> I would kill. I would kill for a sandwich right now. He made me believe that he died for that sandwich, and that's that's the really timing important. was perfect. Timing was perfect. Um, Aaron says classic cat Grant being on there. Uh, Mind the gap says Isabella uh, Vidovic, uh, who played young Kara. Uh, Jen says win because he sang. He did, uh, which is a, a good reason, honestly. Um, Donna says from all of his screen time, you could almost say David Harewood could qualify as a guest star. That is a, a judgment call you have to make. That is, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Anna says, Anna says the guy who played Cyrus, uh, which I think is a good one. Cyrus. He was, Remind me he's his... on your, oh, si oh Silas. Oh, Silas. Uh, yes. Is yes. Who she probably meant. And that probably. was, uh, Claude, 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 Claude Knowlton. Uh, friend of the pod. Friend of uh, the pod. <laughs> uh, cool softness 94 says Cat Grant for sure. And uh, Leslie says uh, Jeremy Jordan. All solid choices. Great selections by the chat. All right. So now where are we going? We are going into villain categories now. So mm. uh, <laughs> get ready for some villainy. So the first category that we're going to uh, get to in the villain category is favorite villain uh so morgan this is going to be a little different we got to separate favorite out of you know favorite from best mm -hmm. so who who was your favorite villain of season six it's a good question um i guess does does lillian luther count as a villain this season? yes i i would think so 
Because she didn't she, do much villainous. She gets redeemed in the end, but she was working with Lex for the majority of it. That's true. That's true. So I'm going to go with this favorite. This is a personal decision. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Lillian Luther. Um, I thought she got done dirty in the finale. Um, <laughs> there was no reason to kill her. None at all. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say uh, she got done dirty because they redeemed her and she should have just stayed evil and evil. That too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that too. Forever. I mean, I feel like they, they did a, a, a series of things where they like made her justify the magic storyline like right before dying. It was like, <laughs> no, this, you might... Uh, uh, Lena, come here close to your. You might think this storyline is stupid, but I've always known it was always been this stupid. Goodbye, cruel world. And I, you know what? That's not right. That's not right to do to Lillian. She's a world class villain. You have her talking about your giving you a science textbook so you don't access your magic. Are you kidding me? Uh, justice for Lillian is what I'm saying. <laughs> Solid, solid choice. Uh, for me, uh, let's see. Best villain I picked. Oh, this as, is favorite. Oh, no, we're doing favorite. Yes, correct. I was looking at the wrong category. So favorite villain, Nixley. Uh, I, I just, uh, the, the way that she uh, manipulated people and the glorious moment where she took down the Ormfell building made me very, very giddy because it was such a villainous thing for her to take down the the thing that Supergirl worked so hard that whole episode <laughs> to, to help. And she took it down in just a matter of seconds. So I'm going to say uh, favorite villain for me, definitely uh, Princess Nixley. Nice. So uh, what are people talking about in the chat? In the chat, we have uh, Leslie who says Lillian Luther. Uh, Donna says Nixley. Uh, Sam Gutierrez says favorite villain, uh, Nixley. Love her. Um, Donna said she forgot about Lillian, uh, but Brand- uh, Brenda Strong rocked. Uh, MK uh, or Mick Rips uh, 67 says Lillian Luther. Uh, Jen says Lillian Luther. Um, and then it looks like Nicole says, hashtag justice for Lillian. Thank you for channeling the rage, Morgan. No, no problem. <laughs> no problem. There's a little bit of a hashtag justice for Lillian in the chat. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Soft is 94 said, I would say Lex Luthor. Um, and Nicole says she would say nextly as well. Yeah. And, uh, there's a question, uh, do phantoms count? Yes, phantoms yes. absolutely count. They were major uh, villains and villain forces in season six. I think the Dementors were pretty scary. Um, they were less <laughs> scary because I've seen them on Harry Potter. Um, but, you know. <laughs> uh, and there's also a question just clarifying. Uh, Miss Fiction Fanatic says, do the writers count? That's going to be a, a, a voter's choice. I think so. Mm-hmm. If if that is your choice, uh, then you can uh, you can pick it. All right. So now we are moving on. We've done favorite villain. Let's move on to uh, who was the best villain, like a plus quality villainy in season six. Morgan, who's your choice? So the best villain. Uh, I'm I'm taking this. I'm I'm being more objective about it. I've taken Lillian's aside. I love her, but she's aside. <laughs> she didn't really do anything this season. Um, and she was barely villainous, if I'm being honest. Um, they did her dirty. Uh, but she's off to the side. I think best villain was Nixley. Um, she 
she got some it got weird at the end um <laughs> it got weird at the end and that's not the best but <laughs> there was a there was a period of time when she was quite villainous like the uh the the giant cat uh dragon period of nixley i think was was quite good and i think that as a villain she also had kind of a comp- she had a compelling backstory she had a character arc up until Lex. Um, <laughs> even a little bit with Lex, and then things got weird. Um, <laughs> she, I, I think she had like some really interesting stuff going on. I wanted to know more about the like the fifth dimension stuff, like the politics of that was really interesting. I thought she was a great villain, like a classic uh, Supergirl villain. Like Supergirl has actually had some really great female villains. I think that's kind of where they shine. Um, and and it, I was like, oh, here we go. We're like back to the beginning, baby. It's <laughs> It's rain. It's uh it's it's Queen Rhea. <laughs> it's Nixley. Um <laughs> she's so, so close. Um but yeah, I thought that she she was in her villainy. I thought she was great and I thought she was a really compelling character. Uh and Petta Sargent did great with it. So I I'm going to give best villain for the season to Nixley. Yeah, she had a whole arc with her smoky eye. Oh, and yes. she, she had the high collar, the villainous black oh. high collar. So I loved it. Yeah, All the she, looks she was serving me were um, Chef's Kiff's perfection. Yeah, she even <laughs> she even had the villainy in her wardrobe. Good choice. Uh, for this one, I, I'm going to go a little out of the box, and I'm going to say Councilwoman Rankin. I think Ooh. I'm going to put as best villain. She she was a little mustache twirling. I will admit, a little, little too on the nose, a little too caricature, maybe a little bit. But when she wanted to do <laughs> bad things, she did bad things, and she killed a guy for a sandwich. And I really like my villains to be villainous, and I can't really ask for more than that, uh, really, uh, for somebody to kill for a sandwich. So I'm going to give it to Councilwoman Rankin because she was the worst. Uh, so uh, if I'm going to talk about villains being villainous, I'm going to give it to her. Uh, what are the people in the chat saying? Let's see. It might. Uh, let's see. Morgan, are you there? I'm back. Okay. Yes. It looked like you froze a little bit. I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what are the people in the chat saying about their uh, their best villain? Uh, do, do, do. Um, so I am seeing best villain Nixley from Leslie. Um, and Donna said was saving them for best villains, the entire writing staff. Okay. Uh, um, we also got, uh, writers with a clear margin. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> tell us how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> we have a, another Nixley, um, mind the gap says best villain Lex Luthor. He really does uh, screw with the characters lives and has for years. And he did win at one point. Cause he did send Supergirl to the phantom zone. Yeah. He so. really celebrated it too. He was kind of a villain, like a bookend villain in the front and the back of the season. Uh, yeah. so he was in a lot. Uh, <laughs> complimentary I, I do i do love john crier i feel like you might get the impression i don't it was just there was too much lex but yeah uh, john he's, crier, he's great john crier comes in he's like give me all your scenery it's delicious and i i, I like that I, I like that commitment from him uh jen said what about nia's mom she was so mean she was a little mean in that it was, she's like mom it's so great to have you back for this one day and she's like 
I'm very disappointed in you. Like, mom, could you chill out for like one minute? <laughs> I'm trying to have a nice moment with you. Um, cool softness says, uh, best villain, Nixley. Um, Donna says, uh, Nia's mom, don't you mean her sister? And Maeve oh. actually Maeve yeah, could Maeve be considered like, a villain. I'm I'm sorry about that thing I did. And he is like, all right, I guess I could find my way to wait. Are you taking this thing from me? <laughs> well, Maeve, Maeve ain't loyal is the thing. <laughs> um, uh, the Gap says, I don't agree with Nixley because ultimately she didn't do much. And even her worst, um, uh, and even her worst father is still out there, which is kind of an interesting way to look at it because yeah. like her father was may- maybe kind of the big bad of her origin story. And we yeah. never actually got to see any of the fifth dimensional people. Well, we where- saw, we saw a brief little flashback with her father and That's her brother. True. Yeah. I kind of hope that we were going to get some fifth dimensional stuff in like the present day, but that didn't happen. Um, CM Gutierrez says, best villain, Lillian Luther. She was consistently a thorn in Supergirl and Lena's side throughout all of the seasons. Um, Nicole Green says, if you aren't a well-dressed, iconic villain, I don't want it. <laughs> uh, which I agree. Uh, Leslie, bring in a deep cut. Uh, the best villain was Esme's first foster parents that uh, was- threw her out on the curb to, <laughs> to protect them. <laughs> Yeah, let me see. I, I had their uh, their names somewhere. I was going to name them if I can remember. Name and shame them. Name and shame. Uh, let's see. Uh, I thought I had that somewhere, and I don't have it. If anybody has their names in... Uh, Dana and Joe were, were their names. The foster parents, Dana and Joe. Best villains. <laughs> terrible people just terrible people <laughs> yeah put a put a small child out there defenseless save us six-year-old oh <laughs> the worst so that is a that's a great pick for that category all right so we are going to go into uh sort of the moments and scenes uh section of the supergirl radio awards so the uh the first one we're gonna get into this uh section is favorite moment or scene from season six so this is a pretty broad category so morgan you can pick whatever you want in this one so what would would be your favorite moment or scene this is a really tough one honestly because there were a lot in between the stuff i didn't care for there was a lot of good stuff um in a, in a whole television season um, from the ridiculous to like the heartfelt. Um, so it's really tough to pick. And I think my, I've got my ridiculous one and I think I'm close to maybe my, like my heartfelt one. So my ridiculous one is definitely Lena finding out she's a witch through a, a like a nineties charmed music video. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that, that can't, can't be topped no i was talking to somebody who was like i didn't think that was real like i thought somebody had like put that together like a fan music video and i was like no i can't stress to you how real it was <laughs> it doesn't seem like it could be or should be real it was a thing that aired on television but it was real like there was no editing done at all in that thing by a fan <laughs> no it was no. it was produced that way yeah um and I think as as long as as long as we talk about Supergirl, that's going to be a thing that's in my head that <laughs> lingers when like like important facts about my own life are gone. 
I think that will remain. Um, and so I have to give it for that because, <laughs> I mean, I think about it a lot. I think about it more than than you would imagine. Like every now and then I'm just like, and then they were just in the woods in flannel and bed wigs. Why? Um, <laughs> so I think that would be my crazy moment. That was my favorite crazy moment. My favorite, like, char- like nice, good character specific moment um, is probably the conversation between Kara and Lena in the, the final episode at the wedding. Mm, I thought okay. that that was really well done. Um, they both looked great because they were at a wedding. Lena presumably was at that same wedding. They were at two different <laughs> weddings. She, uh, she might have come from, come to the wedding from another event. And yeah. she, didn't, she just didn't have time to change. <laughs> like a like a couture fashion show <laughs> or a, like a cursing from a coven. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I thought that that was such a good scene. And it was a good scene for Kara. Both of these characters showing how far they had grown and uh, and Kara taking off the glasses at the end and leaving them on on the uh, I don't know like the little table or whatever it was and and like walking away from them and kind of showing that she was ready to merge those two parts of her of her life into one you know one whole life where she's not you know hiding parts of herself. Uh, man, if that's where they had wanted to go the whole season and they knew about that, it's weird that they didn't decide to you know seed that in almost at all. But <laughs> I, I thought in that in that episode that was a really well done scene. So either it would be either that or that the the conversation she has with Cat Grant. I think also kind of I think that might have been like right. almost one of the same scenes but you're so. gonna you're gonna have to pick one though we can't okay, hand, we, can, the, we can't pick. hand out a lot of awards we gotta okay. we just we only have one we only have one to give i keep trying to cheat on these <laughs> by picking i'm multiple. gonna make you choose so i'll go with the car and lena scene yes oh, okay all right all right fair uh i think i'm gonna go with the scene between supergirl and nixley right before nixley takes down the ormfell um, that Ooh, was yes. <laughs> that was a scene that sticks out to me as uh, one of my favorites uh, throughout the entire season. It was one that I rewatched a lot. I was so excited about that scene and the the idea that Supergirl had a real villain she was going to face because it didn't seem it, Nixley seemed like she was kind of a bad character, but I didn't ha- know how much she was going to give Supergirl uh, trouble. And in that scene, uh, that really won me over to Nixley as a character and really changed how I saw Nixley. So I think I'm going to go with that one. I kind of wanted to cheat a little bit because I wanted to say the the moment in the wedding in uh, Cara, I think it was in the, the finale finale, when Cara uh, 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 picks up Esme and Esme says something like, and Cara and I did it or whatever. Like she talked about like who, who paint, who painted the birdhouses or whatever. <laughs> and, and, uh, that almost, I almost picked that one. Cause I did, I did love that little moment where, uh, Esme talked about her, her aunt Cara. Um, but I think I'm going to go Nixley in the Armfield building. Now, if you had to pick one like ridiculous scene from the season, oh, ridiculous not specifically scene. like ridiculous bad, but just like, insane Lena traipsing through the woods-esque scene. Um, I'm throwing this as a curveball. We don't have this <laughs> planned. This, the, well, I'm trying to think of like a crate. Like, I think another good moment in the season is, uh, I guess it would have been prom night when uh, 
or was it prom again? I get, I get the time travel ones co confusing because it was kind of a, a, a two-parter. But uh, when uh, Kara gets kind of taken by the uh, the authorities, come and get her from Naxxum's ship, and they've like got her arrested. Um, that that I thought was really compelling because like Alex was being like held back and she couldn't help her sister. So that's not like a crazy one, but I thought that was also a good moment in the season. Oh gosh, uh, crazy scene. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was probably some of that with uh, Jesse Rath as Brainy when he was fighting the garbage monster. Oh yeah, that's possibly right. where he was kind of like he was trying to make uh Kellex think he was trash and so he was like trash talking Kellex. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. That is yes, that's a great one. Uh that's a great moment. I forgot about it, but it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Because trash talking is quite like a trash monster. <laughs> it's perfect logic. So probably <laughs> something like that. So uh yeah. Uh um, are there any other uh, any other picks in the uh, chat? Uh, so Donna says that her favorite moment was uh, Cara and Alex's reunion hug when she's rescued from the Phantom Zone. Uh, Mind the Gap also says the favorite moment was the escape from the Phantom Zone. Miss um, Fiction Fanatic says the duet comes to mind. So that's actually a good one because that's a, a great cover of that song uh, that I've definitely listened to before. Uh, Aaron says favorite heartfelt moment for me is Cara and Alex couch scene in Welcome Back, Cara. That's a good scene. Um, cool softness says Esme at the wedding because she was adorable. Um, Anna says Cara and Lena sitting on the steps conversation. Um, Jen says the last scene with all of them in the apartment, uh, which is a great one. Uh, we have a favorite scene has to be the one with super where when Supergirl flicks the bullet back at that person's forehead. Oh, do you remember that? Because we thought like I thought for how, sure she how, killed that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, did you? Oh my god, Supergirl's getting looks so like murder. Dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fact that she can perfectly calibrate uh, stuff like that is very impressive. Yeah. Um, I see Aaron says Carolina's last scene was a close favorite second heartfelt. Uh, CM Gutierrez says favorite moment scene in Rebirth, which is the premiere when Alex, Kara, uh, and Lena at the Fortress of Solitude. And uh, her second choice is the scene between Brainy and Lena expressing their frustration about Lex makes me cry every time. Uh, so we have a couple of uh, favorite ridiculous moments from the season. Donna says the giant cat. Um, Nicole says, ridiculous museum scientists getting into a full on brawl in the cafeteria with the I, that's, a, that's a really good, uh, really good choice. There was the museum stuff, uh, like the, the whole, <laughs> like the, the David slingshot. I, I remember being very frustrated by the slingshot <laughs> business. Uh, so the museum stuff was pretty ridiculous. They had that whole storm outside and, uh, yeah. The museum I, I, was was popular for favorite ridiculous moment because uh, Miss Fiction Fanatic says the iguana in the museum. Yeah, you remember the comfort, like emotional support iguana. <laughs> that iguana lives in my my mind went free <laughs> along with that, uh, <laughs> along with the many faces of Katie McGraw wigs. <laughs> uh, but Donna also gives this great one, which is Eliza shooting owls. You know, just like a Kryptonian. Sure. That's the only thing that reminds me of Kryptonians is sh <laughs> shooting owls, a majestic flighted creature. <laughs> Great choices in the chat. All right. So the next uh, moment that we're going to pick from season six is a category of favorite Cara Danvers moments. So this specifically Cara Danvers. 
I, I know Kara and Supergirl are the same person as the finale uh, tried to <laughs> uh, put forth that they are the same person. There really is no secret identity anymore. But for the sake of the category, uh, just Kara, no Supergirl suit, just a Kara Danvers moment. Hmm. I think for my favorite Kara Danvers moment, I'm going to go with the conversation that she has with Cat Grant. Um, at the end. So I think that's, it's sort of a two-parter favorite moment for me. So it's that conversation that she has with Kat, where Kat's like, I know that you're Supergirl. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> come work for me. And Kara's like, journalism? I won a Pulitzer and then I decided to go out on top for some reason. And you're like, <laughs> okay, it was always a weird choice, but okay. Um, and, and Kat talks her back around and she's becoming like, basically uh, helping her She's going to take over Catco again, and Kara is going to be uh, running it. And I thought that that was a really great moment for that character. Um, it kind of felt like we'd been building up to it for a little while, but also we had taken a couple of steps back, a couple of big steps back on that development. <laughs> so it's weird to bring it around in the finale again. She had previously quit her job at Catco. She just kind of kind of just done it. it kind of just quit. Um, so I like that. And then I like that final moment of hers at the end when she's giving the interview to Cat Grant. So it kind of connects. Um, and she's smart. Like she tells people that she's Supergirl and she and Car she's also Car Danvers and she smiles. And I thought that was a nice place. I mean, it, it leaves me again. It, the finale left me with like, what, well, then what happens next? But um, I, I liked that moment for her character, um, and I thought that that was a nice place to to leave her, at least professionally, in the show. That she was kind of, she was going to go work for Cat again, like she was in the beginning of the show. Only this time, um, as a as a much higher up and do and do journalism, like she wanted to. That's a solid choice, and I think we know what happened after that interview. Everybody in National City saw it, and they were like. Yeah, we kind of figured that because she's on TV all the time. Like, Supergirl's on TV all the time. Like, oh, we wow. kind of just, knew about it. Just like the lady who get, gives us hope speeches once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great choice, though. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to young Kara in, uh, let's see, what episode was that? Yeah, it might have been Prom Again. Prom, prom Again, uh, where uh, she she has that great moment where she's like, you want a Kryptonian? You got one. Uh, that was my favorite, favorite car moment in all of season six. What a, what a great, uh, just heroic, like kick butt moment for Kara um, in a season where she didn't have a lot of those. And I thought <laughs> Isabella Vitovich really sold that line. And I, I thought she was just so great in that moment. So that is my pick for favorite Kara Danvers moment. Yeah, that was a great one. I loved that. I loved her throughout the throughout the flashback episodes, but that moment I was like, "Yeah, yeah!" I was like pumping my fist, like, "Yeah, that's a great, that's a great car car <laughs> moment." Um. So in the chat, we have from Donna. Her favorite car moment was car opening up to Alex about the Phantom Zone in their cat couch scene at the end of Welcome Back, Cara. Um. Jen said, "Cara bringing a ton of stuff for Esme when she meets her." Oh, yeah. She had all those stuffed animals that Eliza, I think, had gotten her at one point. Yeah, that was cute. That was so cute. Um, Sam Gutierrez said, favorite Cara Danvers moment, the couch conversation she had with Alex when she said she didn't want to be alone anymore. 
Uh, that's that was a great moment. And then Aaron said, I'd go back to Cara discussing uh, her PTSD with Alex for favorite Cara Danvers moment. Yeah, a lot of people love that uh, scene at the end of Welcome Back, Cara, because that is it, it is focused on Cara. And uh, it's a great uh, moment between the sisters and and uh, Melissa and Kyler did do a great job in that scene. All right. So now we're going to flip it over. Uh, to the other part of Kara Danvers, a favorite Supergirl moment. So this is a moment where Kara is in the Supergirl suit. She is super and heroic, and she is doing something in the super suit. So Morgan, what would you say is your favorite Supergirl moment from season six? So I'll be honest, when I looked at the categories and I got to that one, I thought, oh boy, I'm in trouble <laughs> with this one. Uh, and you would think that this would be the easiest you, on a show think. called Supergirl. You would yeah. think that this would be the easiest category. You'd have lots to choose from. You'd have so many things to choose from. Um, <laughs> but in fact, I had very few things to choose from because Supergirl's choices this season were incredibly strange. From <laughs> from meddling in the affairs of humans, a thing that apparently she's always known Always, this whole she's time, never that supposed she's to not do. supposed to do. And we definitely heard that on screen. Always, like <laughs> oh, once per episode. Um, <laughs> to throwing the hope totem into the sun, just directly into the sun. One of my favorite ones, sort of under the radar favorite Supergirl moments, when she couldn't hold off like a bunch of people that were angry, so that William had to do it for her. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just a lot to choose from, really. <laughs> But think about it. Uh, so I had to go way, way back if I didn't want to choose a hope speech that she's done five times before. Uh, and so I'm going to go with, I, I think it is, uh, when does she escape the Phantom Zone? <laughs> uh, is it before see. the prom double feature? Is it during the prom double feature? I think it's after the prom double feature. Is it during Fear Not, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's at the end of Fear Not. And then, like, they officially welcome her back into the tower in Welcome Back, Kara. So I think it's the end of Fear Not when they when. Oh, actually, it's not Fear Not. This The moment I'm thinking of is, and I don't know which episode this this is because they all kind of zoom in together. But when she realizes that, like, Nixley is actually kind of a bad, bad lady and, like, not, like, a great friend. Uh, <laughs> oh, and- that is in, um, I want to say that's Lost, uh, or is it Phantom, it might be Phantom Lost Menaces Souls. or Lost Souls? I think it might be Lost Souls when she realizes that Nixley is, like, not great and she has a choice between getting out of the phantom zone but bringing nixley with her yeah that's or, lost souls yeah or or choosing to to break their way out of the phantom zone which means that she might not ever get out and she hates the phantom zone as as as, as does anybody who has to deal with dementors on like kind of a consistent <laughs> basis as prison mike on the office said the worst part of prison is the dementors and she agrees <laughs> uh, but i thought it was very it was a very heroic supergirl moment where she's like this is this could be mean that i have to spend forever in the phantom zone but i can't let you on earth to like do whatever crazy thing that you're planning on doing. And so I'm going to smash both of our ways out of the phantom zone and, and sacrifice that maybe my happiness for the rest of my life, just to protect other people. And I thought that that was a very strong, like Supergirl moment. I was like, yeah, you go Supergirl. Um, 
the rest of the season was kind of rough on those moments. And so I do remember that one. I just didn't remember what episode it was in. Yeah, that's Lost Souls. And I knew that because I also chose. That was that nice. was going to be my pick for favorite Supergirl moment. Uh, for, for all the reasons that you mentioned, it was a very sa- uh, sacrificial thing that she did, that she put everybody on Earth before herself. And uh, she, she broke the spare mirror. Uh, so that was the backup mirror. Uh, that that she broke because uh, the original one uh, was cracked when they got there, and uh, so and I also liked that that whole scenario because Kara uh, or Supergirl, she has the Supergirl suit on when she's doing it. Uh, the the idea of activating the mirror had to be done by someone who was like righteous, and so it was Supergirl who was the one who activated the mirror. And uh, so I really liked all of that for Supergirl. And it was a very dramatic scene. She tried to save Nixley when everything was blowing up, but Nixley wasn't going to come with her. And so unfortunately, uh, she thought at the end of it that Nixley had died. But uh, but I thought all of that was really strong for 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 Supergirl and Supergirl. Nobody told her to break the mirror. She made that decision on her own. And it was very much just a Supergirl, specifically just Supergirl herself moment. Uh, doing that for herself uh, and for the world. So I, I thought that was a great impactful moment. And I wish there had been more of those with Supergirl throughout the season, but that one for sure sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Supergirl didn't do a, like a lot of what I would call winning this season <laughs> at all. But, uh, but I thought that that, I like that we both like independently without discussing it, like chose the same moment. I think that shows uh, both that like we've been doing this podcast with each other a long time, but also that there was maybe only one or two moments to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's see if the chat chose some different moments. Maybe, maybe um, so. Maybe there were more that we didn't think of. Um, so uh, Anna actually says Kara choosing to keep Nixley bound. So that was that moment that we were talking about. Uh, Donna says Supergirl talking to Esme about her superpowers. I would have maybe given it that, but because it took a turn for the worse for Supergirl there, where, <laughs> where Esme was like, oh, I can't deal with all the the, the bad noises. I, that felt like a fail, like a Supergirl fail. So I, I w- it could have been really close to being like a great Supergirl moment. Again, she didn't get a lot of wins this season and like any uh, any way that you could think of um uh leslie says it would it certainly wouldn't be when alex takes the destiny totem from supergirl oh yeah <laughs> right out of her hand that was a rough moment as she's watching uh cool softness says i would say when supergirl was trying to help esme with her powers and also help her dad escape the phantom zone um jen says supergirl coming immediately when she hears esme call for her after the proposal Solid choice. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Nicole says, Car straight arming that dude to keep Lena safe while she collected magically charged herbs was entertaining. I love Car casually owning a bad guy. <laughs> um, uh, Miss Fiction Fanatic says, Supergirl destroying the mirror, even though it meant she'd be stuck in the phantom zone. Um, and oh, I got another one from Anna who says, Supergirl telling Lena Lex wasn't her family, but they were. Um, mind the gap chose are the same one supergirl sacrificing her way out to stay in the phantom zone and cm gutierrez says favorite supergirl moment in the gauntlet when uh cara relieve, uh, relives her introduction to the world as supergirl she's not in her super suit but was every bit a hero in that moment 
Solid choices all around. Okay, so we are wrapping up the Supergirl section of the awards. And this is uh, this is going to be our final award that we're going to be giving out uh, for the, su- the final Supergirl Radio Awards for Season 6. And this is the category of Season 6 MVP. And if you don't know what MVP means, it means Most Valuable Player. And the way I approach uh, this category, Morgan, is... Mm-hmm. Who is the character of the season that if you removed the character from the season, the entire season would just fall apart? That's how that's how I determine most valuable player, like the most important character of the season. Who would you pick? Okay, this is a tough one because I was initially going to go with Lena. Oh, okay. uh, Because I feel like whatever weird witchy thing was happening with her. It was crazy. And every ep- every time, every episode, she got, like, a new witch power, I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. Is this Riverdale? Um, uh, and so I was always kind of on the edge of my seat, you know? What's she going to do next? Is she going to add a scarf to the mix? But, and, and, I, and I almost feel like perhaps in a magical-centered season, in, in theory... She should work as the MVP, right? Because she suddenly knows magic. However, in this show, you could literally take Lena right out of the season and everything progresses pretty much the same way. It's <laughs> true. It turns out her random magic powers didn't really affect anything in the didn't, main plot. Didn't come into play in the in the magical ending of the show. Yeah, in the magical ending of the show. She did her her spells did help in some of the lead-up episodes. Um, but in the end, not so much. And so in that case, I feel like I have to go Nixley mm. because I feel like if you picked Nixley up out of the season, the end of the season, uh, is way different. There's no totems. Uh, nobody has to fight over, a, a scented candle or anything. <laughs> uh, we don't learn anything about that sling or history. And that would have been a problem. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think Nixley being the villain of the season sort of set the tone for much of season six. And I think if you took her out, it would be a very different season. Uh, so I think she, in, in many ways, she was the MVP of this one. Yeah, I agree. I think even if you remove uh, Nixley from the Phantom Zone uh, scenes, you, you yeah, you lose a lot of stuff in the Phantom Zone. So I, I would definitely pick Nixley as my MVP, and uh, I think if she wasn't there, the season would be very different. She drove a lot of the story from the Phantom Zone on into the Totems. Uh, it kind of petered out at the end a little bit. No pun intended to the actress's <laughs> uh, first name, but uh, but I think she did uh, control or command the storyline for most of the season. And if you did take her out, the the season would just completely fall apart. So uh, I would say uh, Nixley. Nice. We're in agreement again. Look at us. Um, Let's see what the chat says. Uh, Donna says her season six MVP was Esme. Uh, She says she gave the season the most life. Oh, that's a, that's also a way to look at it. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, Mind the Gap says Nicole Maines because of her relationships with multiple characters, which I think 
is actually really works well because she did sort of talk to a lot of different characters throughout the ensemble. <laughs> uh, so, so I think she she was sort of connected to a lot of people. Um, Leslie said uh, MVP is Car Supergirl, but the writers didn't agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jen says Brainy, which I think Brainy did have a really good season this season. Um, uh, McRips67 uh, said Lena Luther, her son grenades and other inventions allowed Kara to be rescued. Yeah. Which... Lena also invented like a, a Ghostbusters pack at one point <laughs> with the true. Phantom. So she did have a lot of inventions. Yeah, Lena was, I mean, I take back what I said, because I think if you took Lena out of the the season, like, uh, everybody would have died at at various (laughs) points. So I think that Lena was kind of instrumental. Uh, Nicole says, I would argue Alex Danvers. I think this was actually a big season for Alex. I think we we saw sort of some of the storylines that they had set up for Alex pay off in this season. So I think that that worked out really nicely. Um, uh, Lena, but I'm just biased for Miss McGraw. Um, uh, it could be Lena because Carr would have died in the first episode of the season without her. Um, so again, pointing out that Lena kept some people alive. She did have that sun grenade. <laughs> yeah. MVP, Alex, Kyler. Um, uh, Alex would be a strong contender. She's the second main character. Um, uh, actually, Jen says, actually, couldn't have happened without Magan still patrolling. You know what? <laughs> the Magan <silent> MVP. <laughs> Magan could be into consideration. Maybe Magan was, like, secretly helping everybody behind the scenes. We just what? didn't see it. <laughs> when you only saw the one footsteps, that's when Magan was carrying you. <laughs> Uh, poor Magan in that mural on the wall. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> so great choices for all of the Supergirl Radio Award categories. Uh, so thank you to everybody in the chat for playing along with us. Morgan, I think this is the first time you've actually done the Supergirl Radio I Awards. I think it actually is because we usually do it during the uh, the charity show, right? And I'm like almost never around for that portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> she always she always ditches me for the Legends podcast. <laughs> this is like the sixth annual, first annual for me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of a first time, long time in this situation. <laughs> So it's actually fun to pick the categories with you. Uh, so I appreciate your your actual participation uh, this time around. All right. So we do have an email to get to, a little bit of feedback uh, that we didn't get to, uh, get to during our Armageddon episode. Uh, so we do have an email from Daryl who sent in some thoughts about the Flash's Armageddon. Daryl writes, quote, this event is so uninteresting. We barely get Alex in any meaningful way. We got some unrecognizable version of Ryan Choi after the Arrowverse forgot about him post-crisis. We have Mia come back but still leave her search for William on a cliff la- cliffhanger when they should have just resolved it since, it, uh, since we won't be getting Green Arrow and the Canaries. And uh, Daryl also says, when Allegra just had to tell Chester she loved him, she chose the most awkward time to do it. So, yeah, Daryl uh, had a lot of uh, sim- similar uh, criticisms that we did uh, during the Flash Armageddon episode that we did with Kat Calamia of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, some of the things I think uh, maybe we could put in the category of uh crossover event that could have been better. Uh, So I I think that was kind of uh, what Daryl was getting at with uh, that email. 
Uh, and so before we wrap up our feedback, we need to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, uh, strap in because our good friend Anna has sent in a snap judgment. and uh, Actually, there are two. Oh, have set in two snap judgments, and I yeah. and I'm seeing. I'm just skimming, but I'm seeing a continuation of, of the saga of Fleur de Lis. <laughs> we thought and it was over. We thought it was over, but like prom again. Here we are again. <laughs> here we are again. Uh, so let's go. In, in this snap, your fallen co-host was the mother of Fleur de Lis. After you witnessed your co-host's murder by the best friend, you have taken guardianship of orphaned Fleur de Lis. A month has passed and you haven't been sleeping much because of the flashbacks have kept you awake. One day, Fleur de Lis emerges from her room and announces, I have created technology to bring my mom back to life. But first, we have to capture her ghost form. <laughs> Okay, I have tracked down her exact location to a high-security mansion in California. Mm. What do you do next? Agree to the plan and go with Fleur de Lis to the mansion and attempt to break in to capture and bring your ghost co-host back to life. Or tell Fleur de Lis that you want to take the technology and go alone because you feel responsible for your co-host's death and need to do this alone to prove to yourself that you can still save her. So there's like no scenario in which we're not going to this mansion. I just want to be clear. <laughs> like there's no scenario in which we're in which we're just we abandoning the ghost of our co-host and just getting on with our lives. Would you do that? You would just leave no, me. Of course, you I would just leave it. Ghost Rebecca hanging in the way. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I just like to have the choice, you know. <laughs> Free will and all, Rebecca. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> So, <laughs> would you go with Fleur de Lis or would you go alone to I this think, mansion in California to get my ghosts? I, I mean, California sounds great, honestly. Um, it does. It's very cold here. They have they have great weather all year round. Um, I think I have to go with Fleur de Lis. I don't know how to work this technology. I don't know anything about. I mean, I've you know I've uh, gone to some paranormal investigation uh, presentations before, That's true. But, but I don't know. I don't know how to work this technology. I think I need the expertise from Fleur de Lis to help to help. I, I I think the better you know, strength the numbers when you're when you're dealing with ghosts is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I agree. So I'm also going to go with Fleur de Lis. I have a couple of I have a couple of reasons why. I'm not saying it's her fault, <laughs> but I'm not saying it's not her fault. You know what I, I mean? mean? It like, was did didn't her friend? It murder? was her friend who murdered you. Yeah, and also we didn't have any of these problems before she showed up. I'm not <laughs> again, again, not blaming Fleur, not blaming Fleur, but she came and suddenly there are a lot of issues popping up. You know, you weren't a ghost before she showed up. Uh, but also, if I'm remembering the tragic backstory of Fleur de Lee, right? She's an assassin, like a trained assassin. She was, yeah. And I feel like when you're trying to capture some ghosts in a California mansion, <laughs> that's probably gonna come in handy. <laughs> also, you know what? She had a she had a kind of like a hard childhood. I'm gonna take that girl to Disneyland afterwards. We're gonna get yeah. your ghost. Uh, oh, we're so gonna bring I get you to go back. To Disneyland. And then we're that's, all going to go to Disneyland, I think. That's a great, that's a great plan. 
Sounds great. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's a good solution <laughs> to that problem. Lots of good reasoning there. Yeah, Fleur de Lis, the, the saga of Fleur de Lis is very complicated and it has a lot of depth. <laughs> so we, we have to go back in there and uh, really dig deep in there. So I think that's a good solution to the problem. I can't wait until like our 400th episode when we get like the complete. <laughs> yeah, there will be a Fleur de Lis saga montage for sure. It's going to be great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> jumping off of that, our last snap judgment from Anna. Would you rather have had the childhood of Fleur de Lis or Cara Danvers? Both traumatic in their own ways. Yeah, I mean, Cara Danvers did get stuck in the Phantom Zone by herself. And she lived in the Phantom Zone for a while. But she uh, never became a trained assassin. And she didn't have all these uh, problems. So I think I'm going to go Cara Danvers. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see my planet destroyed and lose everybody I know. I mean, that is a downside. But I don't it, think I want to kill that many people <laughs> in order to get to the future. She did kill like 800-something people. or It, it was, was like, like a large number. It was like... More than 10, which is, I think, <laughs> that's, one is enough. I think once you get more than a baker's dozen, things have gone wrong in your life. I, <laughs> um, So, yeah, I to not become a serial killer of sort of the highest magnitude, I'm also going to go with the tragic backstory of Cara Danvers. Also, yeah. I get superpowers in, in that case. You get superpowers and you're stronger from the experience. That's true. That's you're, true. Uh, you're a more, a more hopeful person and you can pass that hope on to other people. I agree. Uh, it looks like we have actually a snap judgment in the chat. Let me oh, yeah. it. Uh, snap judgment from Mind the Gap. Uh, does Melissa Benoist play Cara uh, again? Yes or no? Do we think Is that this she'll... Is this, do we think or do we want her to? I'd have to assume it's, do we think she will? Because I think we know the answer to want her to. Yeah, the, the answer to that is yes. I yes, like definitely, yes. Uh, um, do I think she would, in like a crossover Spider-Man No Way Home situation, probably as like the main Supergirl again, I'd say probably not. I think, I think no. I think she's going to probably just exit gracefully, let the new Supergirl come in, do her thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't say never say never, but if I had to pick one, I think she's closed the book on on Kara, and I think she's she's moving on. So I'm I, for this snap judgment, I will say no. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine her coming back for like a guest spot in some future Supergirl project or as like a different version of Supergirl for like an episode or a movie. But I don't think that I could see her headlining a Supergirl project again for like a second time. I see her more in the future of uh, doing things like Helen Slater, where she comes into another mm -hmm. iteration of a Superman or Supergirl story and plays a character in within that new iteration so maybe she comes in and plays allura for the next generation's supergirl something like that i could see that happening yeah me too me too actually um looks like rachel in the stream said i want jesse uh, melissa and jesse to play allura and zarel eventually i think so, that yeah. that's possible i think yeah jesse, i could definitely, definitely see that Oh, Je Jesse, like you could call Jesse up and be like, hey, and he's like, I'm just in. <laughs> he's got it. He's just putting his Legion ring on as like as he's saying hello to you. Um, 
on like, the phone. You want me to play crypto? I think I could make that work. Like <laughs> he, he, he would be. He, you want me to play Starro? I'm into it. I could. I could definitely play Starro. Like he would. He would do anything. Yeah, I think anything you need Jesse Rath to do, I think he would do it. Um, so if there are no other snap judgments in the chat, do we see any other ones? I'm not seeing any other ones. So I think uh, I think that's going to do it for our All snap right. Judgment. So uh, we uh, had another edition of the Fleur de Lis saga. So uh, <laughs> we'll see if it continues on. If if maybe let's let's see if maybe I don't know if Anna wants to uh, continue on and, and fill us in on what happens with the uh, the ghost situation. I feel like we've left in a really precarious situation now. So we need to get another we, snap we, judgment. We have, we have a cliffhanger now. So now we need to uh, choose our own adventure to see what happens <laughs> with, the, with the ghost situation. So until the next uh, uh, the next chapter of the Fleur de Lis saga, I think that's going to wrap up Snap Judgments. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. All right, that is going to do it for the final Supergirl Radio Awards, and this specifically for season six. Uh, so we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music features featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. We're probably going to have to update the plugs soon. I mean, who... Yeah, there's so many shows. So uh, once I get an, an accurate list of the podcast, we might do a new contest. So stay I think, tuned for I that. I think one of the new shows just started like tonight, too. Yeah, Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. so... So we, yeah. we, we've got to update that plugs list. I forgot to DVR that. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it sometime, just like Stargirl. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've got quite a long list of like DC shows I need to catch up on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got to find out what Lana Lang's been wearing recently. So I think that's the top of the list. <laughs> <My> high priority. <laughs> 
Uh, it's like it goes Lana Lang and like whatever's going to happen with director Bones. It got to yeah, be got to be ready for Bones. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of DC TV and the DC TV podcast T Public Store, we have merch. Yeah, we have some Cat Grant merch uh, there in the T Public Store. A lot of Catco uh, stuff in the uh, T Public Store. So if you want to check that out and support the DC TV Podcast Network, uh, check out the store. All right. And we would also like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Sheree, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Faith. If you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, uh, visit patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four tiers of monthly memberships, and we appreciate you helping keep the lights on. And uh, just for a a real world example of ways in which you can have a voice uh, in the direction of Supergirl radio episodes. If you become a boardroom boss, you can pitch an episode uh, that we do. And uh, recently Quinn, one of our boardroom bosses uh, suggested that we try to get Laurie Hernandez, a a United States Olympic athlete, a, a gymnast and a TV star in her own right uh, Quinn suggested we contact Lori Hernandez because Lori is a big Supergirl fan and has actually designed some of her gymnastics leotard after uh, female superheroes. I saw mostly uh, Marvel-related ones, so we'll have to ask her about <laughs> why she's not <laughs> dipping her toe into the DC realm with those designs. Um, but uh, we uh, are going to interview Lori Hernandez, and so Quinn suggested turn uh, turned into a reality because she's a boardroom boss and she has the ability to do that through the Patreon. So uh, those are the, the kinds of things that you can be involved in. Uh, but you can still get Supergirl Radio for free every week. But if you just want a little extra something, uh, you can uh, support us through the Supergirl Radio Patreon. All right. You can also find me. Uh, there are a couple of places you can find me on the internet. Uh, you can uh, check me out on Vero, which is a social media platform that I enjoy a lot. If you were on Vero, you would know that I've been watching uh, The Witcher recently, trying to get through <laughs> The Witcher. So uh, one of the fun things about The Witcher, I think that we haven't mentioned, if anybody hasn't watched it, is that uh, is that our boy Amade is on the Witcher. And this is a thing I told you, I think last year, actually, we, I think we have mentioned this on the podcast. Good, good. Cause yeah, I, it yeah, took yeah. me a really long time. I was like, Oh, it's haunting me. Why do I know that man's face? And then it was like, of course, Amade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have been watching Amade, uh, who is in the Witcher. So, uh, Vero, which is, uh, the social media platform I'm on at Derby kid. Uh, I share those things. I share what I've been watching or what I've been listening to. Uh, you can also check me out on Instagram at the Derby kid. I'm also on a YouTube with a personal YouTube channel that I have at youtube.com slash duck milk prod. I've been doing Sunday night live streams at 9 PM Eastern, uh, Reading Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice reviews by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. And that has been delightful and also very informative. So if you are interested in talking about film analysis, come join me over there. Lots of fun. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we just had our nice, our fun crossover event with Supergirl Radio last night. But uh, 
it turns out the show's coming back this week, so we'll be back again. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be a lot of a lot of me this week if you listen to both podcasts, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but we will be we'll be recording later this week, and our and our episode about the I guess this would be the mid-season premiere time has really lost all meaning when it comes to <laughs> legends because of the back-to-back <laughs> nature of this season six and seven uh it feels like we're always uh we're just around the corner from a premiere of some kind <laughs> but we're excited to see where the the rest of the season seven is going to be going um and you can find me as a, co- a co-host on DC TV after dark which I feel like we should we should do pretty soon uh I got- <laughs> Gotta gotta start talking to Sarah about scheduling. Uh, we should just do our yearly podcast on that one uh, <laughs> any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of people are, are wanting some more DC TV after dark. So give the people what they want more <laughs> episodes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't think uh, you can have too much Morgan Glenn in, in your podcast feed. I think I, th- you I definitely think- can. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Morgan Glenn and podcast universe is uh, something that most people enjoy. Uh, so I think that is quite delightful. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Uh, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for attending the Supergirl Radio Awards. <laughs> McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess in. with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.